Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us for another week of Take Two. It is somehow October 16th. We are 18 days out from the 2020 election. We have Jim DeBacchus back from his bunker. Jim, Greg welcome. Hughes in house. Are you ready to tell us where you were? Where it's you were? So nice. Well, yeah, my uh, my bunker. Okay. Yeah, he does, he's not disclosing. But I've heard it's a gold a gold lined bunker. It's a nice bunker. He came back with look. There's animals in here. Yeah, of course, Jim would need a comfort pet. You know, the man can't he just walk taco. the streets on his own, brave this yeah. mean world. He has to have a chihuahua as his comfort pet. It's it's, it's an attack dog. It be is. Careful this dog's in here. I, in fact, I can't see it right now. I think it's sizing me up behind me. You know, I'll those post dogs a picture hit your, online. They hit your ankles from behind. You know that? Yeah. So I know this dog's here somewhere. So if you hear barking, it's not us. It's Taco. <laughs> it's Jim, <laughs> actually. <laughs> okay, Kay. gentlemen. Uh, I just, I feel like I need to go to a bunker myself and just take a week off from everything that's happening, but that's a bad time to do it. We need to engage. We have our ballots on our counters. Everyone have their ballots? Did they arrive I, in the mail? I did, and I, I opened got mine. mine up today. I got mine. Reviewed it. Yep. Okay. I and I haven't ballot. opened it. And the funny thing is, is you get this close to the election, and I think most people don't realize how many things they actually have to vote on, and there's a lot. Uh, one thing that Jim is dying to talk about is one that I don't want to talk about mostly because I don't know what the right answer is but amendment g we've done several stories here at kutv.com our beyond the books did one last night we've talked to two different sides we've talked to education specialists who've been in the business for 20 and 30 years on both sides and they're equally adamant that it should pass or not pass let's read it first so the ballot text says shall the utah constitution be amended to expand the use of money the state receives from income taxes and intangible property taxes to include supporting children and supporting people with a disability. So here goes the question. Do we change the Constitution? I'm always leery of changing the Constitution because sometimes it's a big decision if you're not totally educated. So educate us, Jim. Should we change the Constitution? No. Okay. And it is it is really uh, the biggest bunch of bullshit uh, oh. as an explanation Beep. I've ever we don't even have a I have a I have button. ever seen in legislative maneuvering. What this does, and it doesn't mention a word about that in the in the amendment. What it really does is it our our middle fathers who created the uh, the Constitution said every dime that comes in in state income tax has to go to education. And they actually said primary education, which was expanded in the 90s to go to higher education as well. So what's happened? The economy has been good, and the legislature woke up one day, and there was $1.2 billion in the education fund, which is where it's supposed to be because Utah's 50th in educational spending per child. So what did the legislature do? 
it rubbed its hands together and it said, we need that money. We've got to have it. We've got roads. We've got lawsuits to file. We've got other things. And somehow we need to convince people that it's a good thing to take away that requirement that income tax money be spent on education. How can we do that? And what words can we put in which will mislead people? And that's exactly what they so, did. For in example, case you couldn't hear Jim very well when he was on the phone. Whoa, he's back, guys. Yeah. And he's a bit of a swear bear. Okay, so wherever you were, I don't know that the vocabulary was uh, what it I'm is I'm proud here of it. Sometimes, sometimes you got to find podcast. the right words, and that's the right word. Because what the legislature, you may not like the word, but what the legislature is doing to terrorize a generation of young people no. by grabbing in their greedy little hands that money so they can spend it any way they want as opposed to education. I, and, and why did they, one more thing, and then I'll let you go, Greg. <laughs> Why did they throw in children and disability? Right now, for example, at the training school at American Fork, we spend money on children and disability. What True. this would allow them to do is leave that money and count it toward that education money so they can pull the money out of there and spend it on their roads and on all of the crazy things that they want to spend. That money ought bombs. to stay with education, truth bombs period. Are, are going to land here soon. Is it my turn truth yet? Truth bombs? Here okay. come the truth bombs. 50 states in America do this. They have to balance the budget. Unlike the federal government, a state, whether, whether it's the most blue state in the world, a New York state, a California, a red state like Utah, um, Texas, you name it, you can't spend any more as a state than what you collect in taxes. What has happened is you have our state income tax uniquely dedicated to the education of our, of our youth and our children of our state. Makes sense because we have a lot of kids. Jim is right that that was the original con state constitutional intention that our state. In, in fact, the state income tax was created for that purpose uh, to educate our kids because we don't see we as a state, our land most states get to spend on their schools through property tax when 65 plus percent of your state is federal lands where you're not seeing property tax. How do you how do you fund your schools? And then we have more kids per taxpayer than any other state. So so that is a good thing. And then in the 90s, there was a, there was an amendment to the Constitution where state institutions of higher learning still are same students instead of K through 12 and went K through 16. But let's fast forward. We saw an attempt at tax reform that looked to increase taxes in uh, food and gasoline. It was going to lower some of the other taxes, but it was and it was trying to make it what they call revenue neutral. But what's happening is that you can only spend what you collect. If you are collecting income tax and you have that being collected at a higher rate, but you have other demands of your state and for children. If you have children that uh, you need the health care, you need uh, there's there's WIC, there's all kinds of different programs, and then you get into the, the disabilities. There's a large portion. You know, our health and human services budget as a state is only third, it's not a coincidence, to public education, higher education, and then third is health and human services. That's the third largest area. What this amendment says is if we're not going to change our tax structure to collect more to address the critical priorities of the state of Utah, particularly in, as it says, in the area of health and human services, then as long as we're still talking about children and we're talking about people that have disabilities, that income tax can more broadly be used to address those issues. If we don't like that, Jim, then you should have been supporting the tax increases that were being proposed. No, there, but I'm going to tell you, way. you can only spend what you collect in the, this state there, like there's any another other way. state. There, so there, that's the reality. By the way, way, let me finish. This is not just a, a crazy, as Jim would let you believe, lead you to believe, a conservative uh, policy. This, this had uh, 
broad support. You have the teachers unions, at, at Utah's teachers union that supports it. You have conservatives that support it. You have people across the board, stakeholders, educators. I think the Association of School Districts and superintendents support it. So you have broad support for this effort. Uh, it isn't perfect, but what is uh, in, in anything you're looking at in public policy? Look, Ten years ago when Herbert became governor, he said, that. we're 50th. And we're going to change that. Education is the most important thing. It's the cornerstone. And how are we going to do it? We're going to lower taxes dramatically, not on people, but we're going to give away hundreds of millions of dollars as tax incentives. And those companies are all going to come and the world will prosper and education spending will go up. So guess what happened? It worked. We have an economy that is working. Those companies are here. They're paying. That income tax went up. There's a million, two a billion, two hundred million dollars in there, but it's not enough for the legislature. They want to cut more corporate taxes. This is an obligation that we have to our children, and letting the legislature change the constitution so they can mucky up that. And on the UEA um, being in the favor of union. this, they. They are intimidated and they are bullied <laughs> and they are threatened by the legislature so continually. Not a real endorsement. It's not. Okay. It's not. All right. Yeah. All no. Right. Like here, the thing is, and I, I, I want you to have last words to retort what I'm about to say, Jim. Um, th this is so that you're not going to cut those taxes. This is so that those taxes can be addressed to the critical issues of our state. Where as our state grows, you had this disparity between how the state was collecting sales tax, property tax. Uh, all the different tax sources it had, and then the income tax being siloed into only educational efforts. There are those many issues. And so we did, we saw some reform. It didn't work. The people rose up, said, no, thank you. What this does is this allows for those uh, that for the taxes that Utahns are already paying for these critical priorities to be addressed. And the constitutional amendment says for children, for children uh, in terms of their health, and then for those with disabilities. I think it's, I think it's, I think we're in 2020. I think the taxes look very different today than they did back then and i think this is a appropriate and responsible okay then my final word is this okay look at facebook the legislature loves these companies and they don't think they ought to pay any taxes facebook came into utah county 300 million dollars in incentives it's a lot and 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 look at amazon they're rolling into salt lake with their fabulous 12 dollar an hour jobs millions and millions and millions of taxpayers it amounts to five six seven hundred million dollars in reckless tax breaks to mr bezos and uh to mr zuckerberg the state ought to be ashamed of itself because now it's robbing the education fund with all this blah blah stuff vote against um geez. better yet jim take your 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 uh your animosity towards Facebook, which I think you'll find a lot of people in the legislature share that opinion now. It's true. And get get rid of those tax breaks. I think you'll find a very receptive. No, that's what I'm saying. Now. Let's yeah. do that. We don't yeah. need to. We don't need to do this. If I we do, do want to talk about too. Facebook in just a second, but before we move on, uh, if you still are confused about the issue, you're not ready to take Jim or Greg's word for what they are. You can take mine. It's okay. <laughs> you can take my word. I'm, I'm the cool, calm, collected but one. But this here. is helpful. This is good information. There's more if you want to sit down and read about it and let your friends listen to this. KUTV. Com. Just search Amendment G. We have a couple stories and other voices talking about it. I do want to talk about Facebook and Twitter because there's been a lot of hubbub over the last couple of days about a New York Post article that both Facebook and Twitter 
basically didn't allow you, if you clicked on it, it said that it was spam or it was something that would break your computer and didn't let you go to the website. Whether you want to believe the story was true or not, it's called the smoking gun email reveals about how Hunter Biden introduced Ukrainian businessmen to VP dad. Obviously, it's a piece that does not smile kindly on a Democrat Joe Biden. It's also not true. No, yes. But let's take that piece out of it right now, whether it's true or not true. Facebook and Twitter, should they be able to decide what we as adults see? Here's my my issue with it. Uh, Whether it's this or a year ago when Amazon and YouTube pulled off anything that had anything to do with vaccines, whether it's a Republican issue and whether um, Trump's children are taking in millions of dollars while they're still in office, do we really want whether it's the government or private entities, Facebook or Twitter, that call themselves platform, do we want them choosing what we see? It starts to feel a lot like communist China. And when you say, well, we're not pulling it down off their news website, I'm here to tell you from someone who comes from a news organization, most readers go to your news site because they've been led there by Facebook or Twitter or wherever yes. it's been linked in. Do we really want to go down a road where we're picking no. and choosing or someone's so picking this if this is, is what this we can is, read? Hi, this is censorship uh, without apology. This is pretty scary stuff when you think about it. So I know for a fact, because of my history and friendship with Jim, that we both appreciated the musical Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. He started the New York Post in 1801, okay? This isn't uh, info news. This isn't some radical underground internet you know, organization pushing out stuff. This isn't... This isn't Russia trying to, you know, this is a, this is a, since 1801, the New York Post has been a paper and a publication of record. They have done their research. They have, they have presented, and there is no way with the word whistleblower and what we've seen thrown at this president, you have the New York Times with what they say or, or President Trump's tax uh, records. If they do have them, it's illegal. You're not allowed to have someone's tax returns if they haven't been released. It is illegal. They have them. But when it's a Democrat attacking a Republican, it is never about the source of the leak. It is always about the content of the leak. But when it's a Republican, then it's collusion. Then it's Russians. It's who gave you that information. The wicked, the, the emails of wicked, you know, the, the uh, RNC documents that were hacked and these emails that were exposed. It was never about the emails and the content. It was always about where did it come from. It's a, it's a double standard for the New York Post to be censored by Twitter and by Facebook this is electioneering, and you can call it anything you want. You can hate the story, but when that when that it, they are supposed to be a purveyor, I'm supposed to be able to use my account, read something, and share it, as you've pointed out, because this is how people are communicating now. To have them, and by the way, I'm told that you've got Twitter executives and Facebook executives that are now participating in Biden's transition team, uh, getting ready in, in the event that he and wins. And Trump's. And I'm going to tell you and right now. And it shouldn't happen in either direction. And I'm uh, telling uh, you right so now, let, you uh, cannot right. shut this down. This is electioneering. Uh, this just is like censorship. You. We can't be shut down. Yes, <laughs> just like <laughs> no. me. I won't I just, stop talking. I'm so frustrated I feel like we should have the right to see whether it was four years ago and the grab them by, by the beep video yep. or whatever it is or if it's, a, I don't care. I don't even think we should be getting rid of QAnon or conspiracy theories because some like who decides there's a lot of gray well, area that's who it. decides who gets what, to decide what's a conspiracy theory what's fact and oftentimes whether it's conspiracy theory or stories or research on the other side there's always some facts in there and what about inciting violence oh well, please 
You can no, make no, that argument to any no, 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 I'm talking about really inciting violence. Is that okay or not? I guess then, then shut. The, the, so you want Black Lives no, Matter I, I, shut I, I, down in Antifa? I'm asking a serious question. Well, Is there any limit I, well, to what you would put I on there? Seen it. I haven't seen any limit everybody, on Antifa, me, Black Lives Matter. I've seen no uh, limitations not, put I, on them. Look, you're trying to turn this political. No, no I'm, I'm not. I'm, not. That, I'm saying I is there... There's a specific threat, I guess, if somebody said, everyone, let's meet at Jim DeBacchus or Heidi Hatch's house tonight. And here's her address. And when she comes out, let's shoot and kill her. Yeah. Is that okay? doxing, and a lot of Democrats are doing that to Republicans. See, there you go again. I'm just saying that you can politicize. Uh, so the reason you can politicize call nine one one, but maybe that, not delete it. Is that what you know. say is the truth, and what the Republicans say is going to incite violence? That is the simple I'm way coming, to censor here's in Greg's, this country. Here's Greg's address. His family is going to be there. Everybody meet with a shotgun at a certain time. You mean like you the New York Times did with Tucker Carlson's address at his home in, in Georgetown? Uh, look, That's there what's you going go on. Again. It's such, I'm I, saying I, it's look, sad. Look, we're trying to get above this because this is a serious issue. So it's this not just about issue. maneuvering whatever political side you're on. Now, you've got an, you've got an issue here that isn't talked about. But that's all the Salt Lake Post Tribune. had nothing to do with violence or inciting violence, the, the that Salt, article. Okay, the, let's talk. Let's listen to Jim for the, a second. The, the Salt Lake Tribune. Thank you, Heidi. Okay. Um, <laughs> let the girl talk. Um, the Salt Lake Tribune said some pretty untrue things during some campaigns that I've been involved in. So I the Tribune op-ed or a but, reporter? But I don't, I don't, ha- they, somebody owns the Tribune, yeah. Mr. Huntsman. And that's his newspaper. He gets to say what he wants. You want to start a newspaper? You go say what you want. These are private companies. They're not some government thing. And they have the right to use whatever criteria they want. Just like you can't run into the newspaper, I can't run into KUTV and say, I don't want to see that in the news. That's not my decision. The roles it's a privately social, owned social company. Social media platforms are different. They're, they're, an ag- they're supposed to be an aggregator of information. Not They're not uh, supposed uh, to have that says? editorial. Tum- you don't own them. There's and spe- and what they are what the owners of those companies want to become. Okay, so no, you don't actually, have a right to, to there, roll there and federal, control if them. You, if you have editorial content, then there are different federal regulations, FCC, than you have if you are if you are what you if you're claiming that you're nothing but a aggregator of news or information or a communication conduit. When you are that, you fall fall under a different uh, set of federal requirements or or regulations than you do if you are going to. Start to impose an opinion, have an editorial tone to it. It's Section 315 of the FCC. And and I'm saying, ultimately, it's not your business. You know what? Go start your own. If you're saying you know what the FCC requirement is, you got to comply with that. Go start your own YouTube. So what are you saying? That the government has the right to go in and close them down? No, I'm saying saying if if you're saying that you are no more than an aggregator of information and people can use your platform to communicate with each other, but now you okay. are parachuting in and now deciding what what candidate you want to be allowed to say whatever they want about the other candidate, but it does, it's not a two-way so street. It's not, That's no it's longer not an your aggregator. business. It's Mr. Zuckerberg's company, and you don't have no. every right to demand it's, that your uh, position it is... is if, it is if they are falsely calling themselves something that they are not. If, if they want to be a, a political, if they want to be a Breitbart, if they want to have a... Uh, you know, Breitbart.com. Uh, you're, if, they you're, have you're, a, okay. if they want to have a tone, fine. Okay, push but that's a different boys. world. So here's the question I have. You know, there's a lot of gray area here. 
But whether it's um, information where someone's researching on one side of a topic or another, if Facebook or Twitter gets rid of it, all of a sudden YouTube does the same, Amazon won't sell the documentaries, whatever the issue is, it's okay until it's an issue you care about. But this is how we get information these days. So, you know, is there a concern? I look back to the start of the coronavirus, and I remember there were a couple videos that instantly came up out of, I think, where the virus started in Wuhan, China, where people had some, I don't even know specifically what they had to say, but there were people in China who felt like they had something to say about the virus. Those people, when people went back to look for those videos, they'd been deleted. No one could find those people. There was no way to speak to them. And so social media gets controlled. It depends on who's controlling in it. China, in China, you mean? Yeah. And so do we want to take a step towards that, where if someone's voicing an opinion, who decides whether it's dangerous or not? Does that person disappear? Right. Does the, only the video disappear? In I, Michigan and in Texas, um, there have America. been shootings... Yes. On American military bases by people who were indoctrinated vis a vis social media. Is that okay to put our military people and, and innocent people? That, I mean, they're really teaching them how to kill and how to make bombs and how to blow up people and how to get in military establishments. Is there any sense of decency? about somebody going and going, nope, that's a line too Jim, far. I will tell you this, to your point, I would say well, if you want to... we should have shut down pornography then a long time but, ago, the and, dark and this is drugs. Look, I understand what you're saying, and if you if you are looking at that even-handedly, if you're, saying that it's, if you're saying it's a two-way street, then radical Islam and then the, conser- the, the other side of the spectrum on the conservative side are both have dangerous elements to them, and we want to uniformly address those things without regards to the... The political but, bent but of who either can do side, that, though it's impossible. See, that's, so that's what I'm saying is, if you want to do it, I could be the arbiter and I'd be fair, but oh, I don't oh, trust oh anybody gosh. else. <laughs> yeah, that's you just made my point. So if you could do it even handily, then I'd say yes. But th- th- what you're saying is, it it is hard to it is hard for us. There's no one in their world who has you know eight brain cells that can be unbiased. We are going to have areas that resonate with us or d- opinions that do. Versus opinions One more that thing, we Kim, don't Kim agree Coleman with. Uh, on this. So maybe, and this be, may be able to wrap it up. Yeah. Kim Coleman, who uh, who, who always sat next to me, and we always had a delightful time. She yep. had the best purses in history. Wrong <laughs> on just about everything <laughs> and every issue, and long-winded, I might add. But look, who's, oh, who am I to talk? Our, 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 these our, are a lot of backhanded okay. compliments. So, so in here. that the the. Uh, who was he? The uh, the guy that was coming up to the U to speak, and everybody got in an uproar. And uh, uh, the I, right, I, I, yeah, the, the right wing guy and whatever, and yeah, Ben Shapiro yes. and all of that. And you know what? I got clobbered on that because I think the best antidote for free speech is a lot more free speech. Correct. So let the guy You're go up, right. let him yak, and then bring in all the other people to say it. And, and a lot of liberals kind of go queasy at that. Like, you know, what if he says blah, blah, well, blah, or whatever. And I, so I you, hope, I, I, it's not an easy thing, but but so, uh, but they, uh, we always ought to put the emphasis on free speech. So I agree with Jim. If I'm in a, if I would imagine if you were at a bar and it's later at night and people have been imbibing, Having an opinion, a sharp opinion that might not be embraced by everyone at the bar could get pretty scary or dicey, okay? So if you have an what opinion... What do you know about bars? I'm just guessing. Okay, I'm just right, guessing. Right. Look, Pittsburgh's a drinking town with a football <laughs> problem. So I've been around. I've been in, in the universe of this. All right. So if you're at a bar and you have a strong opinion, you might see a little pushback. I think institutions of higher learning ought to not be like a bar, 
you know, at, at about midnight where people have been drinking. I think you should be able to speak your mind and have this information, have this freedom of speech. You should not be banning. You shouldn't have safe spaces or whatever they're calling them nowadays. Let the battle of, of ideas if they can't happen on our campuses, where in the world are we going to see this happen? So I agree with you. I think that you cannot infringe on freedom of speech. We should be able to see these ideas. Let's see what it I've, gets close to home. I put a post on about Elder Bednar's uh, of the church, the LDS church's opinion uh, that I found offensive. Yeah. And I found it wrong. Right. And I found it not scientific based. And I went on and said, this is bull. Just yeah. because you're a church leader... When it comes to talking politics, once you jump in that political pool, you're fair game. I would agree. Whether well, well, you're the church not or the me. CDC I'm, I'm or gonna, There's official. lightning about yeah. the strike in here. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> no, I, I am running. So you have I the was right astonished at how many people said, you have no right. to. This is somebody's religion. You don't have any right to criticize them. No, and, I think it's you know, all. I I mean, don't criticize the overall religion. Criticize no. the message or the messenger. Well, or that's exactly right. If we can be. Yeah. That's look, exactly right. I'm so, going to say anyway. that, Jim, I, I've engaged in policy uh, differences with Jim. Uh, when we're not on stage, when we're not at maybe here, but we, we we actually can have we can have a difference of opinion and really iron it out and find common ground. Yeah, this true. is something that can happen in policy. This should be that I think that our I don't know if it you know it, what do they say if it uh, if it bleeds it leads. I mean a lot of people try to and the in the broadcast about politics try to make it as bombastic as possible because it draws eyes or it gets attention and yep. it's a sad place that we're going as a country that way. I'm going to tell you this. I agree with you, Jim. I think that the best way is to have a great battle of ideas. But my fundamental, and I believe that you you see it this way too, whether you're willing to admit it or not, um, you got to have a two way street. However, you're being treated, you treat other people. So if I'm going to get a, if I'm going to have a town hall meeting and I'm going to have someone that wants to test every single word I say and question it, then the other guy. The other candidate ought to be tested as vigorously yeah. Ooh, as the other. I feel other. like this was a transition All right. into You like the that segue? Because I got some opinions yes, about before that. Before we move on to that segue, I keep going back here. Uh, we were talking about free speech. If you're looking for a good book, The Coddling of the American Mind. So if you're at home and yeah. you want to get it, I actually have it on hold at the library. But it's kind of on the issue of free speech and that we're coddling our brains and our universities are just... You know, I agree with that. Let the mind be free, yeah. free speech. So let's do that. But I do want to talk uh, before we run out of time about the town halls. I'm still a little disappointed that we had two town halls that you had to watch separately. And I guess depending on who you were talking to were played out equally or not equally. I would have liked to see them actually on a debate stage. I think we were far enough out by CDC guidelines. They could have pulled it off safely or even done it outside. The one in Miami was a little sweaty because it's humid there, but uh, it, it works. So, uh, Jim, we'll let you go first on this one. Did you actually watch the events, and did you feel like online uh, people who may feel the same as Jim felt like the president was not treated in the same manner as Mr. You Biden? Poor president. He gets beat on so much. I just, feel just, sad. You know, can, can Look, you here's what I'm concerned about. Bias here and say, was it the here's was it a what two-way I'm, street? Here's what I'm concerned about. Was it a about? two-way street? Chris Stewart. He's the congressman for everybody in Salt Lake City. And he refuses to meet with even one of his constituents or have a meeting with them. He had one a couple of years ago to a packed 1,300 people, and it didn't go well for him. People ask questions. He's never showed up again. I remember that one, and I don't, I'm not going to say this is his fault or not, but what was happening? I forget, but it was one of those times where everyone just went and nobody asked questions. They just came and screamed and were like... Well, yeah, he wouldn't... He, wouldn't, he, he, he was... 
He's look. He's got a tough position. What's that? He's got I'm making it local. Yeah, yeah. So you you've got you got Washington County and you've got farming Davis County from uh, Farmington to Bountiful, and he's trying to represent those hardcore conservatives and every single person in Salt Lake City. And it, it infuriates the people of Salt Lake. And we don't have a chance to talk to our representative. Have you called him and asked him if he'll meet with I've him? asked him a hundred times. He has no interest in meeting yeah. a, with anybody other than the people that are going to stroke him. Now, and, then when you, you. and then when you add in Mike Lee as their senator, look, you're, you're as an elected official... You're not elected to represent the people of your party or that agree with you or whatever. You're, You're there to, to listen to everybody and keep an open mind. And I think particularly Chris Stewart is outrageous as we talk about town hall meetings. Get Mr. Fighter Pilot. Come on and face some of your constituents <laughs> is what I say. Okay, we'll have to probably wait until COVID's over with or space you like eight chairs apart. Here's what I watched last night. And I didn't, I'm going to admit right now, I didn't watch the full one of each because I was flipping back and forth. I thought that they did ask some good, hard questions to um, Mr. Biden. I thought there was good questions that were hard towards the president. What I didn't love watching was I felt like there was a lot more interrupting of the president and more like trying to debate him himself. And I really think that um, news people need to ask hard questions. You're not the friend of the person running for office. You're interviewing him for the hardest job and the toughest job in the world. But I do think you have to let them speak and maybe not interrupt all the time. So I, I think that there was maybe not the exact same thing going on, both of them. But I do think we have to ask hard questions. We should expect hard yep. questions. And the media should not be the friends of people running. We shouldn't be their enemy either. We should be someone who's trying to get conversation and information to the people. I agree with there that. There shouldn't yeah. be screaming. There shouldn't so, be interrupting. It should just be a tough conversation. So I brought this up the last couple of weeks, but I'm going to bring it up again. I felt that the, the debate that KUTV held... Uh, where you asked, we had we had this interview uh, portion, almost like that town hall format, where we where you were asking us a set of questions ahead of time before we had the debate. We had yeah. an hour of that where each candidate came and there were questions. I have a, I'm telling you, if you've gotten through a debate, it was maybe the first prime time debate of a gubernatorial race like that on a major network, it was fun. Uh, and it was a big deal. Uh, if you get out the other side, having been questioned by Rod Decker, you, I, I, I it's a badge of honor. I tell you right now, because this Heidi, but this is why, like, now, but Heidi, you're good, but uh, like, you know, Rod. I mean, he kind of yells when he talks. He kind of just he kinda, is more aggressive he's than been I up, am. Yeah, so he's yeah. I'm, when I, I speak on the questions, dais, but I don't know if I'm well, maybe like the Rod, Rod Decker. And yes. I'm saying this in a good way, but because I don't, I know where I'm sitting right now. I don't want to get attacked here, but Rod <laughs> will give like an on camera update for like the segment coming up in the gallery when I was Speaker of the House. He's so loud, like we stop and listen to this oh, like this promo. On TV, it always felt like he was whispering. I'm like, I can't hear no, you. No, he's screaming hall. up there and he's just <laughs> yelling. And so he puts a mic in your face. He goes, so he has a style to him, right? What, what's good about but, him is, and I've known him. I, he's good I produced about accountability. Take Two when I was a kid. I mean, yeah. which was a TV yep. show on Sunday nights. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would so love I've take known two. him. I, I don't know if Rod Decker is a Democrat or a Republican. And, I mean, and, he and really. Jim, I have no clue. That is the point, and that is that as a candidate, as long as I knew that Rod and all that Rod brings is going to be to every candidate, every candidate's going to have to go through that that gauntlet. And again, I'm not. I feel your look. I mean, you were tough. To, I'm going to tell you, you had hard questions, but Rod's just kind of this. You know, he's yeah. this. He's Rod. So, but everybody went through that. I fundamentally know for a fact that 
former chief of staff to President Clinton's George Stephanopoulos, asking Biden questions in the tone and letting him speak and let him talk about what he wanted to talk about versus Savannah, what's her name? The Guthrie. Guthrie. Savannah Guthrie. My gosh. She's talk about attorney. two different. Ooh. And so they're not going through the same experience. They're not going through the same refiner's fire. And if you're going to give, you got to uh, give as good as you get. Way, the nope. poor president. you got to do it. That's, give me a break. He's president of the United States. And I'm sometimes you, you get a good draw. Biden, sometimes you don't. Biden would, could never survive the kind of gauntlet in terms of the I attacks and, and the challenging the of his stage. answers. You know, talking about local media. Have you ever watched the governor's press conference? I have. Those are the PBS. most inane, uh, <laughs> boring. Uh, boring, but the reporters are not serious. They don't do follow-up questions. They don't ask hard questions through this whole COVID thing. They, they are toothless, and, yeah. and it's, it's really embarrassing to sit there and listen to that and have the governor be in complete command and, and not have a press, which is our backstop to knowing exactly what's going on um, I, I think I give them a D. Our press yeah. is pathetic on those press conferences. I think they should be asking tougher questions. And speaking of tougher questions, one of them we were talking about yesterday right now, I hate to go back to the to COVID, COVID, COVID task force, <laughs> but I still think there's a lot of questions that when this is all said and done or now or sometime, we've really got to look at how this money was spent, how things are working. We talked to a guy yesterday. It's been nine or ten days since he went to test Utah and he still doesn't have results. If we want to have people who are obeying the quarantines or following the rules we're giving them, we need testing that works. You can't tell someone, sit around for nine or 10 days, you may or may not have it. It just, it, it doesn't work. And so I think if we're going to ask people to use the systems we've set up, those systems have to work. And I do understand they made them switch labs, but I don't think weeks out there should be that issue or i'm sorry you don't have answers and i would agree i think there needs to be far I, there needs to be more context to what we're looking at as well if you have these desks I, my wife uh, krista she found the the maybe those quick profiles of those that had been reported as having died with covid recently mm -hmm. uh one one person was 85 living in a care center the other was between the ages of 65 and 85 in a care center when you start to get that information about what's the demographic we're seeing uh, that is passing away from COVID, I think it informs the, the whole virus or what risks we're looking at. What you don't want to do is imagine that they're all elderly people with other issues, uh, but it's not. Maybe it's a younger group that's getting it and, and having these complications. When we look at our ICU beds, and that's, again, the, the healthcare delivery is so vital. This It's really the only issue with this. If, it, if you had a virus right now that put you down for the count for two weeks, but you were al always going to be okay, and we weren't going to interrupt our healthcare delivery and our ICU beds, I don't think you would want to shut down an economy, an education system, uh, and healthcare delivery over it. So we need to know the context of what those ICU bed uh, circumstances are so that we can take that information and contrast it with our own lives or who we are or what health conditions or maladies we yeah. might have, and we can act accordingly. So good information drives good decisions. And, and Heidi, I'm telling you, you're right. We're not getting good information information like the test, how quickly it comes back, if it comes back. Uh, there are some times I've heard in Utah where assumptions are made if someone had it, they get put into that COVID-19 category because they were in, in the proximity of someone else at a basketball game yeah. or something like that. So I think the information side of this has always been lacking. And as long as you're not getting good information, 
I think it's impossible to make good decisions. Information is power. And I do know that we're dealing with HIPAA. We live in a new world. But I think even with HIPAA, I think we could probably be more open with information, give us more information. Uh, before we go, I'm going to give everyone like 60 seconds. But uh, the governor did make a change um, this week to a low, medium, and high profile depending on how many people in your county are in the ICU, how many are testing positive. Jim, is this a good idea, a good change? Uh, We're in a two-week reset here. It's nothing. It's horrendous what the governor has done, how he and Cox have responded. By every measure, they said if we get to 400 cases, it's going to be urgent. We're at 1,500 now, new cases every day. They said we need to be at 3% positive rate. We're at 12, 13, sometimes 16 and 17%. The ICU uh, barriers we've had. You know what happened last week to a woman in Harriman? Because we're at 100%. You take a statewide ICU average and you got 20 beds um, in Iron County. The woman who had the heart problem. She had a heart attack. And she waited two days, and they were trying the best they could to well, get no, her two where... two days. She was at the hospital for a couple of hours while they were making calls to get Two her hours, to, two hours. I yes, said two days. Two hours, right they're place, waiting. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the two right place. Two days would be a zombie. Was, that would be the undead they wouldn't, waiting they, The point is, our, our hospital system is taxed. And this little, oh, we're going to try a new system. Baloney, and I, I refrained. What we need is good, strong leadership. We need mandatory masks. Oh. We need to do the things that have worked worked in the states so, that are taking care of this. So my 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 criticism, I maybe he, maybe the governor did the right thing because if he's making Jim mad on the left and me on the right, maybe it's that Everybody's maybe that's mad. right down the but there's a down nice the middle sweet spot if everyone's mad. I will tell you this, uh, you ought to, we have health county health departments and and I and and while I would be on the wrong side of that in Salt Lake County, because I think that the, the, the county government is, is politically they've taken bent that to the power left. away from Salt Lake County. When you look at the five county. Uh, Health department down in the, San, the Washington County, Iron County, that area down in southern Utah, south uh, southwest areas of our state. Doctor Blodgett went to John Hopkins uh, get his education. He is a he's a physician and the head of their health department, and he has said and he has, has said this for a long time. The way that his health department has planned for pandemics, theoretically, as a health department should, what he would do uh, on his own uh, to address this is very different than what's coming down from above. And uh, and you wouldn't see necessarily masks for everyone. You would see greater Why? attention what, what taken. What is the bad thing about a because mask? It, because first off, there's a lot of information out there about what. Look, the World Health Organization. What is the bad, what is the bad thing? Down. There's people. There's doctors. What is the bad saying, thing? Suppose we're wrong and masks aren't that useful. What is, what is Jim, the what what is what, what, what great thing happens okay, if you say to I people everybody wear a mask? Here. I don't even get my sixty seconds. All right, look, I'm just saying Greg's this, Jim. Turn. Jim, I'm just saying this. You want to go broadly with three plus million people of the state and mandate behavior. I'm going to tell you that if we know, and I've heard this from, from physicians and, and health, uh, health department directors, if we know who our most vulnerable populations are, they would much rather put better firewalls and better protection around those that are most vulnerable than attempting something that I think is even naive to think or imagine that you're going to take three plus million people and have them all operating under the same precautions at the same time we're seeing these cases go up, and how many more mandates do you want? I mean, Salt Lake City, you can't go in any building now without your mask on in Salt Lake, and you're still seeing the cases come up. I'm going to tell you that there is reason, and I think at least logic, for and those that would want to do it. So take it by a county-by-county county measure. But have them, if they feel that the elderly or those that are in care centers are the most vulnerable, 
Make everybody that walks in be work. tested That's every not, single time. It's not Make science. What you're the, saying oh, there, like somehow me? take all the old people and lock them away. Well, they're not that, locked that away. Doesn't you doesn't have work. care centers already. That that you got to make sure the employees. A lot of people are in care centers, oh and gosh, people have boys. grandchildren. Okay, you're right. 60 seconds. Theoretical. 60 Here's the situation. Seconds. I actually would like to spend an entire podcast talking about care centers because there's so many issues surrounding it with COVID right now. But alas, we're out of time. I know we fought about so many things today, but hopefully in the and we can all agree that we should vote in 18 days or even sooner so we can uh, get those votes counted so we Drop might your know ballot before. Off. Don't By the way, I never, I never got my, it. speaking of voting, I never got my uh, census thing. So I don't care. I didn't fill it out. So that means they, there, they will, there will be one less. You didn't go online and just fill well, it out? No, they didn't they didn't send it to me. They ended it early but on order of the president. So I'm just saying there's three uh, less people that are going to be represented in Utah. So, Thank you, oh, well, Thank Thank you, to say that. Okay, I'm I feel so, like there's some personal I think that's, responsibility that's here. I cannot imagine that you I didn't get a that. call or anything in the mail to Nothing. you to go online. Nothing. They, they come you to your stuff? house. They come to your house and bang on your door. You should have seen them getting this from, thing from me. I was, I like, was in the bunker. They didn't go there. Yeah. My, I mean, All right, Jim. <laughs> I, I need someone to be your nanny and take care of you. You're both terrific. I'm glad you're back in house. You're much louder when you're here. This is so fun. It is. Tell your friends about us. Uh, We've got more information about all of those ballot issues at KUTV.com. We'll see you next Friday.